0: Hey, I'm Alan McGuire and welcome to Juvenalia, the podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a pop cultural artefact that was important to them when they were young. My co-host today writes for Guts and is the co-humour editor of Headstuff. It's Adam Tannum. Hi. Hello, how are you? Good. Good. And our guest today is a playwright who you may know from his work such as Inhabitants, Broadening, before Colour, or his current audio tour from Smock Alley.
1: Erie. it's Peter Dunn. Hello. Thanks hey, how are for you? Having me. So, what are you going to talk to us about today? Uh, I'm going to talk to you about the innocence, which uh, warped me and made me the person <laughs> I am today. <laughs> so, for, okay, first, how old were you when you saw it? I was nine. Whoa. So it was yeah. So it was Christmas we've Eve. You've all seen the film now. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: young. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it, it could have been worse. It was Christmas Eve when I saw it for the first time. And Channel Four used to do this thing where they would show like um, ghost stories for Christmas. And the year before, they'd shown this Canadian slasher film called Black Christmas. Okay. So I'd seen that when I was eight. Oh. <laughs> so then uh, I I was looking forward to Christmas Eve because I knew Channel Four were going to show like some kind of horror film. I mm-hmm. thought it'd be really extreme. And I saw The Innocents and. Yeah, it's. Don't think I've ever gotten over. It. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean
0: you wouldn't, because like if you are a kid and you are watching something with kids in it, yeah, that's kind of horrific. Yeah. It yeah. kind of affects you more. Did, like, did you see yourself identify yourself with them? It'd be hard to identify with yeah. those kids. I Not think.
1: at all. Yeah. I think even yeah. when I was a child, I never identified with children. I <laughs> identified with <laughs> the authority figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Children were always creepy even mm. when I was a child. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's like I am um, when I was like eight. My dad let me watch Night of the Hunter with Robert Mitchum, which. Don't know how good that was at a decision, but I love the film. Like I really yeah. enjoyed it, but like it's this kind of the same thing where it kind of governs what you're into for yeah. the years following that.
1: You're molded. From yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. So I would say most people haven't seen The Innocence, because I hadn't heard of it until you said you wanted to do it, and I'm mm. delighted to have seen it because it is amazing. Yeah. But how would you describe it to someone who hadn't heard of it?
1: It's uh, it's a kind of subtle ghost story about a governess who uh, is in charge of two children and she slowly begins to think the children might be possessed but then there's also a question mark whether this is all in her head yeah so it's based on um, it's a Henry James novel Turn of the Screw yeah that's mm-hmm. so the guy that did Portrait of a Lady and stuff like that and um, yeah so it's 1961 it was made by Jack Clayton and when it came out at the time it was a big flop okay uh, yeah. Terrible reviews because mm-hmm. it kind of fell in between two stools. Because kind of in the late fifties, early sixties, horror was basically hammer, you know, extreme, yeah. cr- really lurid, like and flamboyant, then, almost exactly yeah. monsters, and big time. And yeah, so then the, exactly. here comes this really subtle thing that's mm-hmm. kind of too creepy for the art house crowd mm-hmm. and too subtle for the horror crowd. So it was really just it disappeared, and then it was only kind of rediscovered about maybe. 10, 15 years ago and then the reputation started to build Mm -hmm. and build. Because
0: when I was watching it kind of occurred to me that I like it's probably part of my own ignorance but I always thought that kind of psychological horror Came like is more of a 70s kind of thing, mm. Mm. so it seems like, it, and with the synthesizer soundtrack in it as well, it seems yeah. very ahead of its time, yeah. And it looks so different to other horror films as
1: well, beautiful, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah.
2: amazing. The dissolves and stuff that were used mm. are so cool, they're like little montages. Yeah. Like,
1: they did this thing where it was the so the cinematographer, this guy Freddie Francis, who also did like The Elephant Man and um, French Hands Woman, and he did which is interesting, he did the first half of Return to Oz. So while Dorothy was in, uh. Where was she? In Kansas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freddie Francis did all that. But then he got into a fight with the director and quit before they went to Oz. So such a shame that he never t- got to do Oz. But, anyway. yeah. but with the dissolving, thing, what they did was they, he wanted to make sure that the corners were always fuzzy. Mm-hmm. So they painted the lenses for some of it. And then other times they made these like kind of frames that would fit over it. So it kind of made this tunnel of light. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you notice, anytime you see like a ghost, it's always kind of, What way do they say it? At the side of your retina. So the ghost is never full on. It's always kind of here. So things like with the dissolves, it's to make you kind of like not trust what you're seeing or kind of make it dreamy. I was
2: tense the whole time I was watching it because it's like, I think it's one of my favourite things about horror is when you're anticipating something. And like sometimes for an entire film, like for this film, I was just kind of like (laughs) all my muscles
3: because
2: I was like, I just didn't know what was going to happen. And nothing, like not a lot actually... You don't see a lot of the ghosts at all, mm. but you just feel yeah. them the whole time. Yeah.
1: They they wanted it to be kind of implied. Like even Deborah Kerr, the, the lead actress, she asked the director, um, are the ghosts real or is my character imagining it? And the director said, I'll leave it for you to decide. Mm. Because she was going, if she's not sure, then the audience are never sure. Mm. So it was that lovely kind of, yeah. yeah.
0: And they never, I've read they didn't tell the kids any of the ghost stuff either so the kids didn't really know what they were doing they just sort of
1: no so they they got the the day script the shooting script the day before Mm -hmm. but Pamela Franklin who was who plays the uh, who plays Flora it was the first film she'd ever made so um, she didn't even see the film in completion until she was 16 Mm -hmm. so she didn't even know it was really a ghost story until she saw it she was amazing yeah Yeah, Yeah, she was brilliant she was great yeah
2: her dead eyes like I I wonder what they told them if they didn't tell them that it was spooky they just but they were able to convey like such creepiness. Yeah. Just
1: creepy kids. Yeah, <laughs> The boy especially, yeah. Yeah, he's terrific. Oh, he Very. was in, um, do you remember there was another film Village of the Damned? Oh, yeah. Was, like kind of blonde children. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He was one of them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's kind of his niche. Yeah.
0: He probably didn't make the transition to <laughs> <even>. But no, <laughs> adult stardom anyway. Yeah. He's
2: still 10. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's actually a cursed child. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of child were you that you were watching very creepy like
1: (laughs) my my mother even said like I was I think I was bald till I was about three or four and I didn't speak and um, and I always had, like, kind of a, a cranky face. Like, there was one story my mum told when I was, like, about three or four, and I wouldn't get out of my pram. It was, like, a buggy. Mm. And so we were in court town at the time, and she had the front of my pram. My auntie had the back, and they were lifting it over rocks. And she said she just looked up, and she saw, like, this bald, silent thing in the pram looking down at her, <laughs> like, smiling. And she said, like, for 30 seconds, she hated me. <laughs> so Yeah, so... And then I just kind of got into... You know, my granddad was really a big horror fan, so I really got into it through watching horror films with him. Um, and then even when he passed away, I would watch horror films because they'd remind me of him. So mm. Mm. I kind of got this weird comfort from yeah. watching yeah. horror. Then when I was growing up, we were the... F- I grew up in Bali, Firm, but we were the first, one of the first people on the street to have a video player. So all the kids on the road knew we had a video player. So we'd always, mm-hmm. like, rent out these horror movies because, like, the video shop down the road would let you get anything. It didn't matter, oh, yeah, you yeah. know?
2: That was a great time when we could do time. that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, where like, yeah. every grocery shop would just have a little video section in the back. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, So all the kids on the road would, like, you know, there'd come a time during the day when my grandparents would be sitting there and then, you know, a little... Nine ten year old me would come in and build up to this big, you know, kind of pottering around the house. They knew it was up to something funny. I go, can I bring ten kids into watch horror? <laughs> <laughs> so we just taking over. So in a weird way, like kind of horror, I've always found it very comforting and like bringing people together mm-hmm. and stuff like that, rather than this solo, you know, odd experience. You know? Yeah. I, I kind of get more comfort from being frightened then. Yeah. in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, it'd sort
2: of be similar. Mm. Some people are like, but why? It's like, it's fun to be scared. Like, I enjoy it so much.
1: Totally. So, mm. And you know, if, if you if you watch a film and you get a jump, the first thing you do is laugh yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: True. So was it always old horror films you are into? or like
1: A bit, bit of everything. Like Because it used to be like the slashers and things like that. But um, I think watching The Innocence, because when you're a kid, you know, you don't really have patience for these kind of things. You just no. want all the explosions. You want all the murder, all the yeah. death and pain. But, um, but The Innocence was this really stately, slow thing, and I was just so engrossed in it that it kind of, kind of, like, broadened all my filmic horizons and I just seemed Mm -hmm. to get more patience for stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was a kid, I'd be watching things that would be considered for adults just because I would, not necessarily because they'd be, like, 18s rated or stuff like that, just because of the pace or what it would be about. And then, so, and then because of horror, like, then it introduced me to, like, horror books. So the first actually, like, um... I was going to say the first actually grown-up book I read was The Exorcist when I was okay. 10. And then I was going, okay, well then, it kind of almost taught me to be a better reader because you're yeah. reading this stuff and you're going, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't be reading this kind of stuff. This is really disgraceful. I want more. Yeah. So <laughs> then you just expand your vocabulary as well. So. You challenge
2: yourself, I think, totally. and stuff like that.
1: Definitely. Mm. So that. So The Innocence kind of kicked that all off for me.
0: Yeah. So when did, when did you start writing then?
1: Well, I, start, um, I was kind of... I was always writing, but I used to – I was one of those weird people that used to just write lists all the time, lists of everything. Like I remember when I was working in the civil service before and when I was teaching myself how to type this back years. I was like a you know, teenager and um – I used to make like lists of my favourite colours or if I had like, 15 minutes to clean a room, how I'd break it down just because I just loved to write lists. And then I accidentally mailed that list to every single person in the Department of Natural <laughs> 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 Resources. <Yeah. laughs> but it started off with lists and then just kind of short stories. And then, from, and then I, kind of, and, uh, I joined Double Indie Theatre and wrote a couple of plays there but then you know when I left there just kind of got into the real world and normal jobs and things like that and one of my friends um, Georgina McEvitt she's an actress and she had made a play that was in the Fringe Festival and so it was the end of the Fringe Festival and it was kind of like an after party and two of us were really drunk on a couch somewhere like four or five in the morning and she just said why don't you write anymore and I said oh god those days are gone you know and she dared me she said okay I dare you to write my show for next year's Fringe and if you dare me I'll do anything yeah (laughs) Um, and so I said okay and so I said I would and then I think that was like September and then the cut off point was like January, February we had to have the script in and she'd be like texting me going how's the script going we have gone, nearly finished I hadn't even like picked up a pen you know <laughs> mm. and then like two weeks before the deadline I went crap I better bloody write this yeah. mm. and so just wrote it really quickly and then while I was writing I went oh my god I forgot how much I love this mm. and so and after that I was just like I can't stop now I have to keep writing mm. like it's mm. just I couldn't imagine not writing, you know, and even just doesn't necessarily have to be seen, just, you know, even for yourself, you just to need get to get it out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good friend
2: to have. It's
1: a great friend. Yeah. Well, you know, the innocence launched my love of horror. She probably launched my Yeah. <laughs> career,
0: yeah. <laughs> so your current thing, um, Eerie, kind of mm-hmm. combines both and I suppose because it's an audio tour, it has to be all in your head. So yeah, it, you have to take more of the innocence than say yeah. Halloween from that.
1: Big time because one of the great things about horror, well, one of the best things about horror is it's what you think is possibly worse like Mm. I think Stephen King said before that there's um, if you told if there's like some monster behind a door and you open the door and it's a 10 foot spider you'll scream but then you'll go oh I thought it was going to be a 50 foot spider you know Mm. it's it's never quite as bad as you think so with ghost stories and with kind of um, and with horror it's what's implied is sometimes scarier and so I love when people, te- like, when people tell me a ghost story you know when somebody has like a family mm-hmm. ghost or something creepy that happened mm-hmm. because and the same like if you read a novel like yeah. when you read a novel the things you love are the things you picture you know what mm-hmm. colour the character's hair is what way they act so I love being told ghost stories so it's kind of going okay well how kind of waffling here but like I'm also thinking like you know if you're writing for theatre horror on stage is very difficult yeah, because you know once it gets into blood and guts like people have a tendency to laugh They the first thing they'll do is like kind of retract from it you know so it's
2: hard to suspend your disbelief with horror I think, yeah for exactly trying
1: exactly. to see if people are actually breathing yeah. or not and, and, the, and yeah. then what can you do On like on stage you know you can't chop off somebody's head yeah. you know but then if you're just telling the story you can say I chopped off his head and yeah. people see it and then they'll picture the worst so with Eerie this was is my attempt to tell a ghost story but make it kind of what would you say active listening yeah. because you know the way sometimes if you're listening to a, a, a really good podcast or a story sometimes your mind would drift so I'm kind of going okay Mm -hmm. well how do you get people to stay invested Mm. make it active so it's like
2: Night Vale they do it really well
1: Yeah, totally Mm. so you you get so it's kind of so if people are walking if this thing is leading them somewhere if it's a treasure hunt if they have to look for clues if their brain can't rest they always have to keep listening Mm -hmm. and so if they have to keep listening you can tell them a better ghost story because Mm -hmm. they can't switch off
3: Mm.
2: it's a really good strategy
0: yeah (laughs) And has it been popular. Are people, have people said they're scared by it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: there is, yeah. Well, it's kind of, everything is kind of subjective. You know, I've, I've one friend who's a real coward and she really enjoyed it, but she said I wasn't that scared. But then another person who would be kind of, you know, more of a horror fanatic, like mm. said she nearly started crying at one stage that she was yeah. just so creeped out. So but but she, yeah. she's
0: probably more tuned into yeah. thinking about that kind of yeah. stuff as well, I suppose. But, but
1: once again, it's like, it's what you imagine is bigger. Yeah. so. Mm. she
2: has a bigger bank because she's probably seen more stuff
0: yeah totally yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) although I don't want to say like my friend that wasn't frightened is just because she oh no imagination yeah (laughs) sorry yeah Um, so back to The innocence, like Mm. how
0: different was that to other horror films that were around then like you see it already it was very different to the Hammer films but there wasn't was there anything like that
1: before no there was and even when it was made so Jack Clayton the director he'd made this other film called Room at the Top and I never know how to pronounce her name so the lead actress Simone Signore or something she'd won the best actress Oscar for that so Jack Clayton was like big news and so 20th Century Fox like allowed him to make this film Mm -hmm. um, and they gave him a million dollar budget which was huge Mm. in the 60s but um, for this kind of little known thing so um, but he wanted to make it he wanted to make a quality production so um, Truman Capote wrote The Guts of mm-hmm. us. Um, it was based on a stage play uh, so then Truman, and then they got this other fella in I think his name was John Mortimer to Victorianise yeah. the language because oh. half the great stuff about it is the dialogue and how they Yeah, swing. So repressed. Like yeah. yeah. Um, and then Harold Pinter, like, you know, stuck his oar in. He was like, oh, really? giving hints on how to do it. Like That's he said, um, Harold Pinter said, don't use flashbacks because people won't believe it's a ghost. They'll believe it's a memory. Yeah. Yeah. So so then, and then it was even the way they, they made it to then... It was the first time that the you know the twentieth century fox logo that didn't did it in or whatever. Mm. Was the first time that hadn't been used in the film, so they have the logo but they don't have the sound. And oh,
0: that that's was the right. First yeah. time
1: they'd done that, yeah. and so what they also did was like just before it starts, there's like you know it's kind of um, uh, it's darkness mm. with kind of somebody singing. Mm. But when that was sent around, even that was new. So projectionists thought it was a mistake, and they cut off the first forty five seconds and it started the film as the. Local thing, okay. Yeah, so even the way it was delivered, but then when it did come out, nobody knew how to react to this stuff Mm. because they hadn't Mm. seen it before. Like Deborah Kerr, the lead actress, said, um, she thinks it's the greatest performance. She says, like, it's of all her films, she thinks it's the one that was most overlooked. Like, even um, I think it was. Jack Layton and his wife had gone for dinner in Soho and the film hadn't done that well and Francois Truffaut was sitting at a table in the same restaurant and he got a waiter to take over this note to Jack Layton and his wife and the note said um, The Innocence is the best British film since Hitchcock left Britain and Hitchcock had left Britain in like I think it was 1938 Mm -hmm. so he's basically saying it was the greatest film in whatever near 25 years or something but the same thing, nobody knew how to deal with this thing. Like mm. it, it, when it was first shown, it was shown as part of, you know, they'd get like double bills and that would be like the B film on the double bill. Yeah. And then it kind of did like a little kind of mini tour of the States and then just disappeared. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'd
2: say it was kind of jarring, especially if people who were ostensibly into horror saw it and were like, this isn't the Hammer movies yeah. that I mm. enjoy. I don't yeah. know where, what box to put this in. Totally. Cause it kind of invented its own thing, yeah.
1: I think. And then even, you know, nowadays, even though it's, um, built up such a reputation now but it was shown in the IFI I think it was a couple of years ago and people went to see it and they were kind of giggling that part and you're going Ugh, because now people think horror is a certain thing yeah. yeah, and then they're not open to other types like the subtlety or things like that. Mm. Yeah, I think torture
2: mm. porn did a lot of damage. Yeah, it really did. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah big time. Like oh. when the ghost when Quintus walks up the window and then just looks her and just walks back. Yeah. Uh. That wouldn't yeah. happen now. Yeah, it's no. horrible. Like, and it yeah. sounds
2: so stupid because all you just said there was he walks to the window and then he walks back from the window. <laughs> yeah. But like I was like so like wound up. It was horrible. Yeah, but the lighting
0: is so good. There, so he yeah. just disappears into complete blackness. Yeah. yeah. So we
1: without cutting away, he disappears. In it's front like of you. he's it's really it's cool. you
2: know like drowning. You know, in Titanic where Leonardo yeah, yeah, it's the exact
1: same <laughs> <thing laughs> visually. And it, and it is like even the small things like you know with the the kids, especially the little boy, like just when when um. He's saying goodnight when he kisses her just a bit too long. Yeah. And then he just lies in the bed looking at her. He's like, oh, mm. God. He was oh, like a wax doll there as well. It's yeah. really, yeah. really lit. Yeah. yeah. And just, and how he's kind of so adult. And then at certain times it's like a real child. Like it's yeah. that kind of weird bleed over that. Mm. He's really a really good
2: actor. He just switched terrific. between yeah. the two. Mm. I found the um, the sexual undertones one of the creepiest parts of the entire thing. Because yeah. I don't know. Like it wasn't just me that there was. Oh, a no, 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 Okay. Because no. I was like, I don't want to be like. A pervert, but yeah. there was a lot of weird yeah. things happening. There.
1: Yeah, Kate Bush wrote a song about it. There's a, a, oh, really? a song on the Never Forever album called Infant Kiss that's about the innocents. Oh, okay. I say goodnight, night, I took him in tight. There's the lyrics, so, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so and it is the like this my favorite part of the whole film is when you know the Flora has to be taken away because. She, you know, gets too upset and it's just uh, Miss Giddens, who's the the governess, and Miles left in the house. And so she's trying to get him him to admit Mm. that there's a ghost in the house. And then something kind of creepy happens and he just puts out his hand and he says, I'll protect you, my dear. And then when she puts out her hand to take his, he just slaps this jelly on the table and starts laughing. So it's this kind of weird cross between a Mm. grown up and a child in the space of like a second. Mm. Yeah.
2: (laughs) What do you think about? Um, I don't know if we should be too spoilery, but well, anyway, I'll alert. Um, yeah. What do you think yourself? Like, do you like the idea of the ambiguity, or are you? Do you want to know if, like, if Henry James yeah. was around, would you ask him if it was a ghost or was yeah. she mentally ill? I love
1: the ambiguity. And yeah. So it's and it, there's other things like why I think kind of the film is better than the book, but I, but like in the novel, like the governess is twenty and you know in The Innocence Deborah care. I like think she 40. Was like yeah she's yeah. hitting 40 and so all this thing about like repression and frustration there's definitely the case that more. something yeah. happened and before so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the and,
2: first uh, scene you could send something like immediately the uncle. and then
1: later on when like she gets the letter and, and Flora goes oh the letter she said the letter's from your uncle and the little girl goes God, your face lit up you know mm-hmm. and so there's this kind of sexual repression thing going on that you know she's a vicar's daughter she's late 30s that Is it just that she's repressed or are there actually ghosts? Because then, even with the other housekeeper, Mrs. Gross, like, even when these things happen, she's and the other housekeeper's going, Where are you getting these ideas from? Mm. You know, yeah,
2: she's like really incredulous. She's like, She's also really, um, not bad at keeping secrets. (laughs)
1: She's (laughs) always like, I'm not gonna, I can't (laughs)
2: talk about this right now, except for I'll tell you everything. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, you but, it's, oh, but
1: even the kind of, like, imp- the way it's implied that it kind of, because they don't say it out straight, it's even dirtier. Like, when she's talking about the relationship between Peter Quint, who was the old, I don't know, was he the master? What was he? The or something. Uh, something. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. then it was Jessel, who was the old governess. And she said, um, oh, the way they carried on with each other, like, I saw some things that were, like, you know, really disturbing or I'm ashamed. And she's gone, like what? And then she says, um, oh... I saw rooms used by daylight as if they were dark woods. You kind of mm. go, Oh, you know what they were doing in that room. Yeah. But you know, it's kind of still even the it's more repression that they yeah. can't just say it out straight, they'll just mm. hint around it. Real all Victorian. The time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and
0: it's kinda of weird that like She thinks there's this like boyfriend, girlfriend relationship possessing this brother and sister. Mm. And it's this really weird yeah. incest. Yeah, abuse Mm. kind of vibe. We were kind of talking about a bit last night. Yeah, that there was was there a hint that maybe Quint and Miss Jessel did something to the kids as well.
1: uh, I sense that there is something that you know because even the Miss Gross, the other housekeeper, doesn't know how much the kids saw. Yeah, Yeah. and that they they followed them around the house, and they're always like whispering in each other's ears and stuff like that. So, and the Mm. kids are kind of like even when, even when like the when Miles kind of kisses Miss Giddens a bit too long, you're going. Is it because he's possessed? Is it something that he saw? Yeah. Mm. Or is it just a kid messing? You know, and it's all these kind of, oh, you're not mm. sure. Yeah. So unsettling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all that, it's that thing of like, you know, there's something rotten underneath. Like, you know, there's a part with the Cupid statue in the garden next to a beetle just crawls oh, out of yeah. its mouth. That was my
2: favourite shot, I think. Yeah. Mm.
1: And even when she walks into the house for the first time and she touches the roses and the petals just fall off on the mm. table. Like, everything is decaying. Like, there's this... There's this sense of everything's grand, but then there's something rotten underneath, and even like the butterfly cut with the spider eating yeah. and stuff like that. It's
2: all that. artifice, kind of. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. That was all Truman Capote, read right, Actually, he put loads of stuff like that in it. But yeah. I think the re- the Victorian rewrite, as we put it, kind of <laughs> yeah. took some ad out favour of more dialogue. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But um, but he Truman Capote wrote it while he was in the midst of in cold blood. So you know, there's a bit of light relief. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a quick break. Yeah. <laughs> a day off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what horror what's your favourite type of horror? Is it this type of like subtle horror or
1: I kinda cover but like the The Innocence is my favourite horror. Is it film your favourite film? One of two. Okay. There's a battle between that and an Alfred Hitchcock film called Marnie. Okay. Um that I also saw when I was about eight or nine. Mm. And it's about like a frigid kleptomaniac. So I probably shouldn't be watching it But even uh, <laughs> but like um So those two films and then, you know, I even um, met Tippi Hedren a couple of years ago. They did like, um, it was the 50th anniversary of The Boards Mm. in Bodega Bay, the town where they filmed it. And um, so she has a lion sanctuary. So they were doing like this one off event, like this kind of black tie dinner with her there where they'd show the boards and um, in the location and then she'd speak. So I met her there. So um, but between so it's between Marnie and The Innocents kind of fluctuates probably more Marnie but like Instances is my favourite horror film but then apart from that Rosemary's Baby I love Yeah, terrific Night of the Demon um, an old another black and white British film but then I then I at the other end love really extreme stuff like Switchblade Romance you know mm-hmm. Martyrs some of the kind of hardcore torture porn is, as it would be called like mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff as well yeah. so it's kind of all encompassing yeah
2: Oh, have you seen any horror films in the last, like maybe twenty or thirty mm. years that have had similar atmospheres to this? Well, uh, borrowed from it, maybe
1: uh, the others. An awful lot of people say is yeah. uh, mm. you know would be influenced by it. Um, another brilliant film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Innoc- Then there's there's there has have been lots of remakes of The Innocents, but this three is turned to the screw. You know, there's mm. I think there was one. What's the one with Patsy Kensit in it? I'm not sure. Oh, really? I think so. Maybe we get, no, I think so. Um, uh, but the but the difficult thing is now because because of the others and because the innocence I think was kind of rediscovered through the others. Now it's everything seems like a rip off now. If if you did kind of get influenced by that, people would go, oh, that's from that, that's yeah, from that. yeah. And you know, horror does kind of like repeat itself an awful lot. But it's mm-hmm. you know, you kind of don't mess with the classics unless you're doing a remake, and then you really just. Destroy the classics. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> I think when you're watching old films
0: like that You kind of have to forget What you know Because you, you have to remember they were doing it first Because yeah. Yeah. anything yeah. that seems like it's cliche to you Is actually the first time it's happening yeah. watched like yeah. we did um, like Silent Cinema and Citizen Kane and stuff in college mm. And you have to remember No this was the first time This is the actual Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: If you're started. watching it you're like oh they went to the moon Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's actually like Oh well that was you know over a hundred years ago. Yeah. And yeah. I need to stop being a little bitch. <laughs> yeah.
1: But even you know, with The Exorcist, like when that came out, you know, people would, there was queues around the block, people passing out, vomiting. Like my, my family even said, like, you know, they were, when they were in the cinema, people would run screaming yeah. and blacking out and being terrified. Oh. But now when you look at it, you kind of, you'd go, yeah, it's, it's pretty graphic. But for the
2: time. For yeah. the time. My dad saw but, yeah. that on his own in the cinema. I think he's probably pretty similar to you, as in like watching... Scary films when you're not yeah. supposed to hear and stuff, but he loved it. He was, he thought it was yeah. great.
1: And there's, but there's even something brilliant to it, like being there on your own. I remember, um, what was it? What was the film? Oh, it was Freddy's Dead in 3D, and it came out, and it was the screen cinema, um, on uh, where was it? Just at O'Connell Bridge, you know, that
2: what one? What was there? it? It was on Hawkins Street, but it's closed now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and uh, so I was too young to see it, but I went with my nana and I think like it was just before the cinema was closing down and nobody was going to film. So they just kind of let us in. Mm. And so it was just me and my nana watching Freddy's Dead in 3D in this big cinema <laughs> with the 3D glasses <laughs> on. Oh my God. And, like, <laughs> and just Annie Creek, like the two of us were petrified. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. <laughs> so effective, yeah.
2: Who is your favorite scary child from her? Because it's such a trope. Like, do you have a few? Like, you there's, know,
1: like yeah, there's there's, there's so many. Well, I loved the kids in The Innocence. Yeah. I think they're the ultimate, mm-hmm. like even just performance wise, like yeah, the, the ultimate. But then Pamela Franklin, who was in The Innocence, she went on to, um, she played Flora. She went on to do like um the nanny with Bette Davis, um, the Legend of Hell House, um. So she kind of had a career in. Mm-hmm. Creepy kid films. Um oh, was she's good in those ones or was oh, she is she still yeah. good. Yeah, And she was yeah. in like there's a uh, a film with Maggie Smith called The Prime and Miss Jean Brody, and she's like uh Maggie Smith's like nemesis. But she's her um she's a schoolgirl in her class that oh, like cool. becomes her nemesis. But yeah. she's a terrific actress. She just kind of disappeared after yeah. a while. She just kind of um fizzled out over time. But she was terrific. Uh, other creepy kids, um, Gosh, well, the kid from The Omen, of course. You just have to. Yeah. But the same thing, he was he's probably cast because he looked weird. He didn't mm. do much. No. You know what I mean?
2: And then you're like, that's kind of, it's that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't and, know. Yeah. And then there's stuff that, you know, that maybe the film wasn't as good, but the kids were great. You know, the uh, Orphan, it's about five years old. Like, that little girl was terrific. That was a really. Really kind of disturbing. Durban yeah. went a bit too far at times which yeah. I, I kind of so liked too. but um, it kind
2: of had some similar weird incesty vibe things yeah. because it was yeah if you know the movie you'll know yeah. why yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. but she was amazing yeah. like, I think she was like 11 or something yeah. when she did that and then um, The Babadook which I actually hated I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. I only know the was, mess around sketch. Yeah, That's all they, I know. Were, they were going yeah. like you know this is the best horror film to last whatever years, mm. and so I went to see it, and I was almost broken hearted leaving because I really? hated it. But the kid and that is terrific yeah. too. But yeah, what did you hate about it? It wasn't scary whatsoever. I heard Not that even from people slightly. too. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think as well it's because you
1: see, yeah, you see and, what and you know I'm kind of even though I've seen a lot, I do still get frightened. Like I think if you if you're a real horror fan, you you shouldn't kind of sit there down and go okay scare me you should mm. try and get into it like you know you'll sometimes you'll watch a crappy film and I'll be putting my hands up my eyes going kind of, oh god why am I watching this you know and then you'll get the fright or whatever but I just thought the Babadook so I was open to it but I just thought it was awful I, I thought the lead actress even though people are saying she's amazing I thought she was a bit hammy I thought then the the revelation of what it all means you know was, was kind of, oh is that it you know but
2: it's kind of yeah. left a bit deflated
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of like the found footage trend?
1: some like, of it really works yeah it's and like
0: the opposite of the innocence yeah. totally yeah, yeah.
1: I, I kind of think they are like you know when they're just looking for any excuse to put it in like the stuff that you're going did you need it like even just the new Blair Witch you were going did you need that to be friend footage did it actually add yeah. anything to it yeah um, Uh, I think, yeah, when The Blair Witch first came out, you know, it was phenomenal. Um,
2: That scared me so much. I'm terrified of that film. And some people don't find it scary. I think it's a certain type of thing that people aren't or are scared of. Like, it's the way some people are fine with gore Mm. and won't watch something like The Blair Witch. It's Mm. really weird to see what people are okay with.
1: Mm. Yeah. And even just in that, it's strange what people are afraid of. Um, One of the things was like in The Exorcist, most people said the most frightening thing was when she gets the spinal tap. In hospital mm-hmm. rather than her being possessed. That seemed to mm-hmm. be the bit that freaks me like out. The body horror
2: element. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's what that's what freaks me out. Body really? Yeah. 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 Actually same. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm.
2: creeped out. I just remembered it's not even a horror film, but um there's the body horror and Black Swan
1: really freaky oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah Black Swan's yeah. a horror film I think oh it is totally yeah, yeah. totally yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know when kind of when a horror film is successful people kind of go oh it's a, it's a dark thriller mm. because yeah. horror is a dirty word yeah. you know yeah. you can't say this. they think it's tacky like exactly and, yeah. but, but like Black Swan is a horror film it's as mad as a box of frogs like it's yeah, yeah. it is actually
0: similar yeah. enough to The Innocence that it's super stylized. yeah and that yeah. you can't you're not really sure but it lets it kind of so people can say it's not horror but it definitely definitely is it is yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: I like that more because I love when it's like you don't know if it's scary because it's some sort of outside supernatural force or whether it's scary because it's your mind not being under your own control Mm -hmm. anymore yeah totally that like juxtaposition is scary to me so Mm. I love films like The Innocents and stuff like that where you're just like I don't know which is scarier you know
1: yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but and even with just where people like you know Um, David Lynch it's you know it mightn't be a horror film but they're terrifying like some of Mulholland Drive and Inland Empire just terrifying
2: Twin Peaks is horrible yeah and it's Mm. so weird because it's like so much weird like surreal comedy and then like Laura Palmer's head in a plastic bag so Mm.
0: yeah I remember I saw Mulholland Drive in college I'd seen it before but I went to see the like the screening of it in college just to see how people would react to the ending of it Mm. because I was a dick (laughs) and people were really angry at the end of it like, super pissed off. Yeah. that There was no explanation given of it and just kind of, because it gets so weird and horrible at the end. Because it's been naturalistic, but off the whole way through. Yeah. And then just just tiny people start coming out of walls at the end and then it ends and that's it. Yeah. So. It's
2: an odd one. People get really angry at Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just generally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But there is a thing of like, you know, if you tell people too much, it ruins it. But then if you don't explain it, it's, you know, like even mm. with with the end of the birds, it ends as they drive off the and yeah, yeah. they're still surrounded yeah. by birds. But in the original screenplay, um, there was a, a whole scene where they drive across the Golden Gate Bridge and they're attacked by birds. And then they get into the city and you see like birds surrounding the place and the army coming out. But they just said, no, just yeah. have it end here. And but but you know but my mum would now if she sees a film that's unsatisfying she'll go oh it's a real birds ending isn't it <laughs> oh, yeah, she yeah. always remembered that she yeah. was yeah. massively annoyed actually, yeah, my <laughs> wife hates when
0: uh, books in particular don't have a proper ending if I say if yeah. I recommend something to her she, like does it actually end I'm like well no yeah. she'll end no, i not reading it I've so. had to mm. make myself
2: yeah. um train myself to not be annoyed at that like over the last few years because I used to be really like I loved a good story that like t- was tied in a bow at the end and yeah. mm. um, but I've started to kind of realise why things like that opposite yeah. of that are good.
1: Yeah, but there was one, like I remember reading, um, what's it? The Little Friend, Donna Tart. Oh, oh that yeah. really annoyed me actually. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. But the whole thing is about like trying to solve this murder and then you're getting down to the last few pages and you're yeah. going, they want to hurry up if they're going to say yeah, more than like, like this person. Yeah, you know? like, come on. And yeah. then when it didn't, like I was lying about it with somewhere, and I just I had to restrain myself, just throwing the bloody thing at them. I, the I nearly mother- did as well. Yeah,
2: I actually, I think I just put it somewhere in my room where I couldn't see it because I was really pissed <laughs> off at it.
1: It's
2: like when I threw American Psycho in the bin when I read it because it scared me. I was like, I don't want this in my house.
1: <laughs> like in Friends, when he puts The Shining in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> genuinely. Yeah, but it, it, and then it kind of, yeah. But then the way you were saying with American Psycho, I remember when I read Last Exit to Brooklyn, and the first thing I did when I finished it was through it in the bin because I was going, God, I don't want my little brothers and sisters reading this because it's great yeah. a you. So then I'm kind of a hypocrite in a way that, like, things that I would have watched when I was a kid, I'm kind of going, was mm, it okay for them? Although mm-hmm. I did show them horror films. Like, I can remember I was babysitting once, and so. I have four younger brothers and uh, uh so the younger mm-hmm. brother and sister in the house and then the cousins were coming over and things like that. So but my younger brother and sisters were used to seeing horror films when I was babysitting. Yeah. And then two of the cousins came over and uh we watched The Shining. And so I think it was a week later and my aunt said, I don't know what you did, she said, But your cousins haven't been right since but because oh, no. my because <laughs> the rest of us were so desensitized yeah. Yeah. We kind of
0: You're
2: like, This is just the yeah. weekend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Elvin is a blotter from nothing, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have a seven-year-old nephew now, and I kind of think about what I'd seen by the time I was his age. I was like, I should not have seen Die Hard, for instance. Or the first ten minutes of Robocop. I heard it's just a you good know? Christmas film. <laughs> Where someone gets hanged by a chain, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. wait, yeah, no, I forgot. Yeah.
2: I always think it's like just a caper, and like, oh, you yeah, <laughs> know, people die. <laughs> There's a lot of blood in yeah. A
0: lot of swearing, yeah. sex mm-hmm. on a table,
1: cocaine, yeah. yeah
2: okay
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah but my like the thing with my parents was um well my mom or so, my dad didn't give a hoop but my mom like she let you watch it out and once there was no sex because I remember when yeah. fatal mm-hmm. attraction came out and so I was a kid but like every because I was a real film buff everyone was talking about fatal attraction so I wanted to see fatal mm-hmm. attraction mm-hmm. so she had it on video so I watch Failed Attraction but what she do is she fast forwarded all the kind of dirty bits so she played it when like the rabbit was boiled and then the whole ending where like <laughs> yeah. you know Glenn Close is like gone crazy with a knife and then she shot so I saw all that but just mm. didn't see any of the it's sex so parts. weird
2: it's so like it's such evidence of um <laughs> the church I think it's
1: yeah yeah, yeah. But I remember we had to go into school the next day, and you have to write your your news, like what what you did oh yesterday. God. <laughs> and I wrote like last night I watched Fatal Interaction and oh the teacher God. went, "What kind of sticker?" Let's watch. And I said, "My mom, yeah, <laughs> she's my mom." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is crazy the way you know uh, th- that we kind of think about these films that we saw when we were younger that we shouldn't have watched. but now. Like, with the bloody internet, like, I'm sure that my younger yeah. brothers, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters have seen way worse mm-hmm. than I ever have.
2: Well, like, you yeah. can watch snuff films. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad. Like, I was, when I used the internet, like, we didn't get a computer, like, a, with the internet in my house till I was, like, 12. That was, like, in, like, 2004. So, before then, I kind of just used the internet, like, to look up information about animals and things like an encyclopedia that's I was like wow it's all online now <laughs> but I'm um, for someone who's 12 now I'm like I hope that their parental controls yeah. are yeah, pretty I, tight do
0: yeah. you remember the first like website you went to when first found, website I went yeah, to yeah finding the internet
2: I think it was like Encarta or something really yeah mine was like, like the, Star yeah. Trek,
0: the Star Trek
1: homepage oh my first. god yeah, 1996 I, I think, she yeah. could
2: have been National Geographic as well because mm. there were some like pictures of prairie dogs or something <laughs> I don't know <laughs>
1: We didn't have the computer in the house for a long time so my friend had it first and so he was well broken in by the time yeah. you know, he showed me. So the very first thing he did was show me, do you remember Rotten.com? Oh, yeah. That Aww. was the very first thing I, I ever saw on the internet. Yeah, yeah, vile. Mm. Yeah. Mm. no
2: yeah, why was
1: it was just like a compilation of like the most disgusting like autopsy pictures and accident yeah. photos and murder
2: scenes. Oh no. That's scenes. horrible. Pictures That's like, like, yeah.
1: like Yeah.
2: Gore Snopes.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. I love exactly, Snopes.
2: Yeah. I used to read it all the time, but I no. I uh, people who did like really enjoyed that kind of stuff, I'd be like I'm not going to go to your house again, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm good.
0: Cuz like, I got friends who come over to my house and didn't have the internet, and they'd be like, "Let's go run right on the am like <laughs> I guess. And then okay. I'd end like looking at it for like a minute and I'm like, "No."
1: Let's, for me. let's play The yeah. Sims again. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> but then there was stuff I loved. Um, haunted house stuff. So you know, like the um, the Winchester Mansion.
1: Oh yes, yeah, that was yeah. what I would like
2: look up pictures. Me and my friend mm. would like look up pictures of that. Um, but I I was never into like gore.
1: They're making a film of that with Helen Mirren. No way. They're, yeah, she's she would be the Winchester heiress that oh, like builds amazing. the house. Yeah.
2: When is it out? Oh, that's so <laughs> yeah, they're,
1: they're making it now. <laughs> as we oh, speak. My God. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember the
0: traumatic childhood experience rain to ghosts and scary things I was okay. on the ghost train in Tremor When I was four. Oh no And I was so traumatised I wouldn't go back on it for like ten years
2: Really? Yeah I
0: think someone comes up Someone comes up and touches your shoulder Yeah someone took dark. my
2: mum's hat before yeah. And she's never gone on a ghost <laughs> yeah, train Yeah I was
0: four It wouldn't That was it Four yeah. is too small For a ghost while. train I got to be on it before though and It was okay was just, Maybe you, know, you used to feeling fragile that day Yeah just hits Maybe you. You.
2: you only had like ten hours sleep Or something Yeah
0: <laughs> Like play right now? Do you have any ambitions yeah. to, like make films, or have you made short films or anything
1: before? Make kind of short films for college and stuff like that. Um, the the dream is actually not to make films, but like um, like I love kind of you know half hour, forty five minute horror things. You know, like the Twilight Zone or yeah, yeah. Black Mirror or Inside mm. Number Nine, and yeah. things like that. Like oh, Inside Number Nine, yeah. Oh, I love Inside Number yeah. Nine. Um. The episode Sardines where they're on the wardrobe yes. I think that's one of the best I love it so much ever yes Flawless. totally agree yeah. um, so that's that's the dream but um, and then I kind of want to get into more kind of interactive horror experiences mm. so yeah. you know like ghost houses and yeah. farms and all this stuff are like the big thing now But and then they also do like interactive theatre but it never really has much of a narrative like you'll end up no
2: it's uh, kind I'd, of just uh, like ah uh, yeah yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but and then the, the interactive theatre like Punch Drunk do it and a few other people do it but like you kind of you follow these people around, but the fact that you are there—excuse me—the fact that you are there makes no difference. That mm. it's going yeah. to continue anyway. I would like to do something where you're involved. You're involved, yeah. and the fact that you're there changes the oh, cool. narrative, and you have to become involved in games and stuff like that. that sort of the like thing now.
2: choose your own adventure or LARPing, but wow. scary.
1: Choose, choose your own. I love to choose your own. Yeah, adventure. yeah. no, like the Goosebumps <laughs> books. Yeah,
2: are oh, like. I had all of them pretty much.
0: I tend to just die in a cave, drowning a lot in those. No matter, I think I there was famous <laughs> five ones, and you'd always end up drowning in a cave. No matter well, I what. I used to, I used yeah. to cheat. I used
1: bleeped. to like yeah. look for the the ending that I wanted the most, and yeah. then work my way backwards. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh so my, I did yeah. them all. I'd be like, okay, thirty-two. Let's yeah. see, yeah.
1: thirty two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually, do you, uh, you
0: know Ryan North does dinosaur comics? Yeah. He did a Choose Your Own Adventure Hamlet a couple of years ago. Oh wow! And as part of the Kickstarter gifts for it, there was a bookmark with four sections on it. Yeah. So you could. Go back if you messed up. Oh and my just god! Mark four different places in the story. That's sad. Yeah, that's very good <laughs> idea. So specifically choose
2: your own adventure bookmark Yeah,
1: yeah. that'd be but, really cool. To yeah, do more stuff. stuff. So I did. I did. Um, so I did like this big research thing last year, like horror research. Um, Arts Council, the Arts Council actually paid for me to do this stuff, which is a really frightening thing. But um <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah, that's I did really cool. like lots of uh, research into. I like um. Interviewed children about where their fears come from, interviewed um, child psychologists to see what they thought, okay. um, what else, like um, interviewed people whose job it was to frighten other people and mm. what kind of kick you get from yeah. that. And then I tried to like see what's the difference between when, you know, like endurance is entertainment. Yeah. So how much you can push yourself and what a kick you get out of that. Mm. Um. And then, so with the immersive, like, did lots of horror theatre. But then I also kind of did this questionnaire thing about immersive horror and asking people what would be their cutoff points. When would they do it? And so it's really interesting because some people said um, if it was anything involving religion, they'd be out. Yeah. Um, really? yeah, uh,
2: religion is kind of creepy, like, yeah. as in, like, all the stuff, like churches at night. But statues. in terms of no,
1: I'm out. I'm not going to take part in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Then one of the because the one of the child psychologists I was speaking to was an American woman. She was saying that because um, I was going. How this had how this kind of theory came about. I, I was at a, a wedding and I was talking to somebody and um, it was a wedding in Galway and they had, a, I can't even quite remember what it was, they had a superstition in Galway that we didn't have in Dublin and I was going, God, isn't it mad that like you'd have a different fear just when you're a few mm. kind of counties yeah. away or whatever? So I was talking to this psychologist and I was talking to her about that and I'm, she was going, well, you know... Um, her theory was she works with children so her theory was there's two there's two um, ways of thinking about it one is that you're born with certain fears that help Mm -hmm. you evolve Mm -hmm. and then the other one is that you learn everything from your parents and her theory was because she worked with children you learn everything from your parents all your fears are projected onto you you're not born with any of it I'd say that's true so then you know, it's then your fears will be localized. What is everyone in your area afraid of? You it's know like there's like urban
2: her. legends that are from like different parts of Dublin have different variations yeah, of exactly. certain things. Yeah,
1: There was a documentary, um,
0: a Limerick filmmaker went to Limerick Primary School to got all the kids to tell her their there ghost stories. Oh, so my so God. It was about like banshees beheading people in the handball alley in the school oh, and stuff. Dead. It's yeah. really, really good. Almost but they're all it. just telling it in their own voices. It's yeah. really cool. Cool. Yeah. Definitely you know the research I mean.
2: you did. What mm. did you find interesting from what the kids said? Like, what mm. did, what were their fears? Yeah, like-
1: well, one of them, because um, when, you, when you interview kids, the, their parent always has to be present. It's part yeah. of the, you know, mm-hmm. rules. But uh, yeah. so the parent would be kind of sitting in the background and you're talking to the kid. And, you know, when, when you're talking to kids, like, you know, the, the way it is after a while, you, you're just kind of talking to them. After a while, they forget that their parent is there. And then you kind of surreptitiously get into the interview if you will you know but still talking about other stuff and so one of the things I asked them is what What do you think your parents are afraid of and just out of and all the kids were talking about like money 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 and this is stuff that they would have heard but then mm. one little girl said um, uh, she thought her mother would be afraid that when her and her little brother grew up they wouldn't have time for her oh and I just kind of like gave a little side eye and the mother looked stricken because she didn't even realise this is something yeah. that she'd that been she'd
2: been projecting Yeah, yeah.
1: So, it's, so it was the kind of because every single child I interviewed said they are afraid of spiders every single one and wow. then I was going are they actually afraid of spiders or do they feel like that's what you say when you ask what you're afraid of. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. when
2: you go to confession and you're like, oh, I had a fight with my brother when you don't <laughs> exactly know what, what else to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, but then, uh, so even, so the the things that kids were afraid of were kind of all pretty similar. Yeah. But it was when you asked what their, but, and then the weird thing was like, when I asked what their parents were afraid of, it was also similar. It was like, growing up, loneliness, money, things like that. Yeah. So yeah. I was going, God, you don't think that as we're, I was going to repeat myself. You don't think you've projected that onto your child. Mm. No. That, that was the really interesting thing that I found yeah. out. Yeah.
2: I'm trying to think. I'm like, where did I get all my <laughs> yeah. things that I'm afraid of?
1: I know I was very wary of punks
0: and punk music. So my my parents read it and like punks. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. No, my mom didn't like punks because she went to a Stiff Little Fingers concert and they spat at her. Uh. And I know that uh. that's like punk, but she was like not impressed yeah. at all. <laughs> she was like, I really like their music, but it was just very terrible manners. <laughs> which is fair enough, like...
0: Did you find what the kids told you
1: kind of synced up with what the child uh, child psychologists child psychologists were saying? Yeah, um, that that it was very localized. So another thing the child psychologist was saying. Um, so she's saying, for instance. Yeah, it's what you've learned. So she, the psychologist was saying that, you know, if you go to, I don't know which pole it is that has polar bears. Is it North said? I don't North. know. North. North. No. But she was going, you know, if you live in the North Pole, you're going to have a fear of polar bears because, you mm. know, they're vicious. But like here, we're not afraid of polar bears. So, and it's what you're surrounded by. And then, and then the other thing she was saying is, depending on what parts you go in the world, religion is bigger because you know the phrase like they're, they'll actually like have the fear of God like yeah, they're devout the like, like, yeah. exactly yeah. so more devout countries would have massive fear of religion mm-hmm. like and but then she was saying because because the internet because like you know uh, no one's that far away you know you can Skype them ring them stuff like that that fears are kind of becoming more universal because nothing mm-hmm. is out of reach like even you know with the J-horror stuff like J- Japan like yeah, yeah. we yeah. would have seen an awful lot of them so then we kind of would know what Japanese people would yeah. think would consist yeah. of uh, a horror film would consist of. So I we're, definitely we're have we're more of a fear of
0: Wells than I did before the Ring.
1: Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Funny you should say that. So in the remake of the Ring, the actual minute and a half video yeah. that you watch, the child singing in the innocence is underdubbed. On oh that. really? So if you oh. listen, I think it's like at, like I shouldn't know this. I think it's like at the twenty fifth second. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear the kid from the Innocents yeah. singing in yeah. the video of the Ring. That's yeah. like
2: one of those films, um, that, like the remake with Naomi Watts, that everyone, I remember I was in like first or second year in secondary school and everyone was talking about it because everyone had seen it and it was like every, we were all too young to have seen it. Yeah. It's like when you'd go to like sleepovers or do stuff with your friends and one of the first things me and my friend Michelle used to do would go, go to extrovision and get scary films. <laughs> and we'd watch them, well, I'd watch them and she'd just be like, <laughs> hide in her face. <laughs> But it's always, I think with higher, like it's probably why you want to watch it more when you're younger because you're not allowed. Like when you're not allowed to do yeah. something, mm. the thing is that you want to do it. Yeah, it's
1: exactly. It's it's the stuff that you're not. But like you know, if somebody says don't press that button, all you want to do is press. Yeah. It. Oh yeah. 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 Completely. It. Yeah. It's a thing you're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But then even what you know the way they say if you watch horror films like it will warp you and stuff like that. So when I was doing the, the research, what I did was so I was going to go to the Harroton in the RFI. So over the course of like four days, I think I think it works out. You watch. 26, 27 films it could be more it's Mm -hmm. probably more and so I was going I wonder would that have an effect on me so another girl I know who's like a psychologist she gave me an empathy test beforehand and then an empathy test after to see had I changed Mm. so uh, so the the funny thing was my empathy levels rose after watching all of it really yeah because you would think it would desensitise you but it it actually kind of made me I don't know she said even if you even if you're like a little bit angrier at the end of it that's better yeah. rather than feeling nothing you I know. suppose
2: as well like if you were a person who would be warped in a negative way and might carry stuff out with people your empathy levels in the first place you might just be like have psych- psychopathy yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah. so you it might be that most people who are in, like neurotypical will have higher empathy levels but then if you're already um, atypical then it wouldn't be surprising if it was lower <laughs> but that's yeah. like the exception it's like the one and however many yeah
1: yeah but it, but it is interesting that you know, because of course it has to change you like anything that mm-hmm. you see. You're listening to changes you in a small way, but yeah, I suppose it's degrees of. What's the, what's the thing in scream? Like do do films make killers or do they just make them more inventive? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Does yeah. mm. it make you wonder? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think there were killers before there was cinema. Yeah. So yeah <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Have you ever listen yeah. to yeah. that other podcast, lore? No, and there was one episode about like um, the serial killer in Germany in the 1600s, and he killed a lot of people very inventively, and then they killed him back very inventively. Oh. So people <laughs> <like>,
2: take that. <laughs> people are just
0: messed up, and yeah. horror is just like an yeah. expression of that. It's not. Yeah, and I don't think it, yeah. it informs it really.
1: No. And that guy, you know, H. H. Holmes, that had the um, he had like a murder house. Yes. Yeah. 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 Devil in the White City. I think they wrote a yeah, yeah. book about it. Um But yeah. So and. Kind of almost like the Winchester Mystery House, like he made this house that had like fake walls, chutes and, and stuff and like that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, like chimneys and all yeah. kinds yeah. of. Other oh, things. so great! I love it yeah. so much. I can't
2: wait for that film. There,
1: <laughs> you should go. Yeah, like, yeah. I'd, I'd actually love, love, to. love to go because I went mm. a
2: few years ago because I love like supernatural. So I went to Salem like about four years ago, oh, and it was like wow. one of the best things ever. I yeah. was so happy to be there.
1: What was that like? Have it was really, really good. There? We
2: were there during the day. Like we got, we were in Boston and we got a train out to Salem, and it was really. Um, it was kind of like a nice like it's beside the sea like it's a seaside town but we went to like the witch museum and um, there were so many like, gift shops with like modern witchy stuff like for Wiccans and things like that yeah. but um, there was definitely like in parts of the older parts of the town there was a weird atmosphere I think as well it's because it's like you don't know if it's because I did a project on it so you don't know if it's like was witches or like mass hysteria but either way it does leave a mark on the place mm. I'd definitely go if you could cool. Yeah, I
0: think as well if you have to <clears throat> constantly live the worst thing your town's ever done
2: yeah you're like probably garbage
0: story But how
1: garbage we all were <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but a couple of years ago we went to uh, the Amityville house no yeah, way. Yeah, we we're in. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we were. Oh, in no, it's not cool.
2: But you know,
1: <laughs> kind of yeah, but yeah. but when you just you remind me when you were saying like the town was kind of ashamed of it cuz when mm. we were looking it up, um they basically say please don't come to <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> The locals like don't like it. You're basically visiting the site of a poss- mass murder and possibly a possession. Yeah. Please don't come. No. But of you course I away. wanted to go. Yeah. So, there were there were five of us and so uh got the the train out to Long Island and but when, so it was a Sunday when we got there and so when we got off and the town was silent. I think it was like about eleven o'clock on a Sunday, and uh we were walking around and of course everyone knew why we were there. You know, mm-hmm. five strangers walking around eleven in the morning. But the streets were silent except when um <clears throat> excuse me, if a car would drive past, like the head would slowly turn to look at you as you're going. And then when we walked to like the little um where they had like kind of a like a few shops in a brunch area, like people were like stopping eating and looking at us. Yeah. Mm. So it's just like, we know why you're here and like you're kind of whistling. And then you're building yourself up into this state of panic, yeah. you know? And so then when we get, so it's 112 Ocean Avenue is the address. We were at the top of the road and we walked down and there was this guy like uh, doing gardening and he stopped when he's doing, he's just kind of looking at us like that. Then the dog starts barking and we're Ooh. kind of getting pretty terrified. So yeah. the plan is to just go up, walk past the house. Really quickly, then turn, take a photograph, and run. Now, th- this uh, this is going to sound like untrue, but it's true. And okay. you'll you hear it. So, so I'm in the, the lead. So I kind of t- walk up, and I turn to come back, and then uh, friend Shannon Ryan. She's she lives in New York, but she just said, "What's that behind you?" And I went, "Oh!" And I oh. turned around, and this was when did we go? It was like August. Was it August? And then there's like this autumn leaf just floating, like in the air directly behind me and I said oh that's weird and I walked off and the leaf floated behind me no, no. no wait, wait, wait 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 <laughs> and so the other four are like just kind of paused looking at me so I'm like doing these like zigzags like kind of you know on the road and the thing is perfectly and we're starting to get freaked out and I went oh god that's so crazy and I go to grab the leaf and then I realized it was caught on a string on my shorts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was proud! But, so yeah. but like, we're trying to be inconspicuous, and there's four people like staring at me as I'm in exactly <laughs> the road. <own. laughs> but then we were walking off, and uh, uh, we're, when we were walking off, like, I, my boyfriend was, there and I was saying to him, um, so what did you think when, you know, you thought I was, like, possessed or, <laughs> or something? And he was going, uh, he said he was just going, oh, for God's sake, he said, because I knew you would have wished that on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean, like, that would be dead. Yeah. yeah. But
1: then even when we were leaving, e- even though we we're trying to be conspic- inconspicuous and then we we're the most conspicuous people of all time. Mm. But even when we were leaving, a car pulled up. And just two people got out. One of them stood in front of the house taking photographs and, and then the other person replaced them. So you're kind of going, and people live in, in a, the amateur house and you're going, it people must live be, in it. people live there. But it must be a nightmare yeah. to yeah. live there. Yeah, that'd be a really yeah. Thing. Mm. So then you were kind of, kind of going, oh, I understand why the locals are bloody sick of us. Yeah. Here it is like, you know, 11 o'clock Sunday morning and already like, there was five of us and then the other, like seven people yeah. are here at 11 o'clock in the Sunday morning. And they see
2: you and they're reminded of what happened. they yeah. yeah. like, you're not, oh. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. But but what the funny the the girl the my friend Jenny who gave me the empathy test she lives in Bram Stoker's House no in way. Clontarf really? like That's uh, so it's kind of uh, it's where like it's not even like you can't she can't kind of do construction or stuff like that but like the house is beautiful inside but like she was saying you know around Halloween and things like that she literally see like, you know, school children down the end of her garden sketching her house. And, you know, <laughs> oh my yeah. God.
2: That's kind of cool though. Yeah. Like if yeah. it's something like that, like if, it, not in a murder house, but yeah. if it's like yeah. where like a, someone who wrote such like an iconic book
3: yeah. was, mm. yeah. I'd
2: love to see it. I'd be like, you like scary things too, children. <laughs> Come in. Like. Or maybe not. Yeah. I don't know how well that would look.
0: Before we finish up, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago, Alan, where you said about Salem, you didn't know for, you weren't sure if it was witches or mass hysteria. So, do you believe in like the supernatural? And stuff? Um,
2: it sounds real stupid because I know I'm a logical person, and I know that like. But I think there's a part of me that um really enjoys the idea of a supernatural. Like, I love Halloween. It's like I like it. It's my favorite holiday. I love um like reading the scary stories on Jezebel. The yes. truth. The true stories. Like, like, I love terrifying yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, and then there's a part of me as well that I think is connected to like that people that I know who have died, I would hate to think that that's just finished then. Mm -hmm. So there's a, I don't know why it is. I think I just have always been, I've always loved imagining things and kind of been reading a lot and finding creepy worldviews and stuff like that. And I always like was seeking out horror and scary things. So I don't know if it's like a hobby or if it's actually something that I believe in. I would love to, like I would, go on a ghost hunt put it that way like, for the laugh like oh then I'd also probably shit myself yeah
1: <laughs> and what about you Peter I say I want yeah I want to believe I want to yeah, I want, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um because there'd be things like you know we did we did like a Ouija board before that worked did you, you know? I've never
2: I'm too scared Years to. Be, like ago. that's your answer Alan if I'm yeah. I'm too scared to do a Ouija yeah. board so yeah, yeah I do probably believe yeah. in
1: something but uh, there was a few of us we'd went to I think we were Two of us had gone to like a Bjork concert and one of my friends lived, Franklin lived um she lived down kind of the side of the Phoenix Park but like her back garden was basically the Liffey. And so when we came back from the gig, like there was kind of a party going on in the sitting room but you had to go downstairs to the kitchen and there were like three people uh, doing a Ouija board. And so we joined in and we didn't think Anton was happening and then like it genuinely worked like you could feel this thing pulling itself around so mm-hmm. we were talking to this girl ali from cornwall who had been drunk at a party and fell off a balcony oh but my God. she didn't but she was going she didn't want her parents to think that she'd killed herself she'd actually just fallen yeah and so but and we were talking for hours and then as the sun was coming up you could feel that like the the glass that we all had our fingers on getting slower and slower and slower so then we had to like take the glass and like smash it out the back garden to kind yeah. of release it mm. but even kind of walking back from it because it turned into like kind of an all-night party because we were sitting in a bloody Ouija board. But like on the walk back, one of my friends was just going, you know, nobody will ever believe that that actually worked. Yeah. Mm. But it did. It was like zooming around. So there's things like that. And so, you know, I I wouldn't, I, I'm open to it. And, you know, mm. nobody's a skeptic at three o'clock in the morning when you're mm. in a house and it starts creaking. No. Everyone believes in ghosts then, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of the cold light of the day that would make you think it wasn't. But I, I would love... If there were such a thing as ghosts. And so, even though I don't quite believe at the minute, I'm open. Yeah.
2: (laughs) What about you, Alan?
1: I
0: I don't think I do, but I was reading the Innocence Wikipedia page this morning, and it said the song from it was used in Darren Brown's stage show Svengali. Okay. And Svengali is an animatronic thing from like the 17th century, like a creepy boy doll with a stick and a basically like a, a giant Ouija board. It has letters on a board and it points. To him, so he That's got a girl cool. up and um, it tapped out a message to her. Yeah, she got, he got her to think of someone that was dead that was important to her, and he got and it tapped out a message to her, and it was from her grandmother. It was something her grandmother said to her before she died. Oh, but it was a Darren Brown show, so mm. it was obviously some artifice somewhere. Mm. Yeah, but it was like. Oh my god! Yeah, there's something, and then the, the Jezebel. There's actually the Jezebel stories are more likely to make me believe in anything else.
2: Oh, I love the Jezebel that much.
0: stories are so scary. Yeah, like I was. There's sick. no reason to believe they're true or false. It's yeah, just, yeah.
2: I was in had a temperature this Halloween, so I was in bed and I was like really annoyed because I couldn't get to do anything fun. But I was just reading the Jezebel stories over the weekend, and I was like kind of like feverish and just like it got dark and I didn't realize. And then I was like, I need to go down and eat, but I'm scared.
0: To <laughs> But yeah. So to take it back to the instance to finish up, do you think believing and or not believing makes horror films like that scarier? Where because like if I watch on kind of my default position is actually is imagining it, whereas if you do believe,
1: you're like, well, it could be because that. I always go for like it's
2: real first, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: always. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, did one that I suppose it could go either way because I think one of the scariest things is when you can't trust your own mind. You know, that's like the
2: scariest thing to me. Yeah,
1: and so. If if it uh if it is in your head, isn't that even scarier? Yeah, mm. that it's almost a relief if it's a ghost. It's kind of like Shutter Island. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You know, and
2: you're like, oh, that's like a nightmare situation to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it it, it it can go both ways. Yeah. You know, mm. If you did believe it could be scary, but then if you didn't, then it happened. Well, isn't it scarier if you don't believe and it happens anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it's the like one, in yeah. a horror <laughs> film. If
2: life is ever like a horror film, I, d- I never want to be the person who's like, I don't believe in this because you always die first. Yeah, totally. Mm.
1: Yeah. So I
2: prefer to be the person who thinks it's ghost the whole time and then kind of survives at the end, the final girl. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. See that's where you have a leg up, you get to be the final girl. We're dead. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Let's put on
2: some wigs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gender's weird anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we'll leave it there. Yeah. So
0: thank you so much to Alan Tannum. Thank and you. thank you so much to Peter Dunn. Go thank see Erie in Smock Alley. It's until November thirtieth. Yeah. And it's I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be working. Okay, thank you. Bye everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. So that's the podcast. Uh, thanks again to Peter Don, uh, Erie. Like I said, it's on Smack Alley. 30th Ellen's very excited. I'm so
2: excited. It's only seven quid. Yeah. And um, I'm going to go with a group of people, and it's going to be great. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah.
0: Uh, that was good, wasn't
2: it? I. Uh, it's great. I yeah. Had the ball.
0: Yeah. Should we do our thank yous? Yeah. Thank that's you. Thanks, D, for the artwork. Yeah. D McDonald. It's so good. Sound. Yes. Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Alan.
0: Thank you, Alan. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um, Alan brought treats everybody it was yeah, very so nice, did Alan right? Alan, Alan,
2: yeah. Alan brought donuts
0: yeah from our unofficial sponsor Offbeat Donut Company who we're trying to get sponsor you. us love you sponsor us we love you so much <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: uh, what else do you want
0: to say oh um Stuff has a Patreon they've had a Patreon for a while we've yeah. changed it around a bit we're trying to bump it yeah so now the writers get paid directly from the Patreon every cent of the Patreon goes to writers I think that's a good idea. I think it's it's a model we're trying, idea. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try that out and see how it works.
2: Because people are writing and they're enjoying what they're writing, but now they're writing and they're getting cash money for it. Yep. Yeah. And but we'd like them to be able to get more cash money. Mm-hmm. So if you, even even if you have like, donate like two euro or something.
0: A euro. Sure. Listen, like you can, you can donate a dollar, which is like. The, the dollar has crashed now since Trump came in it's like what 20 cents
2: oh listen yeah. if even it's probably in the minuses yeah dollars are fake money now by the
0: time this goes out who knows See, the, your work will have ended by the time this goes out and this yeah. is just going out to an empty world I Smoke actually needed to talk about something fun this week. <laughs> yeah it's been heavy it's
2: been a bit garbage yeah Yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah give us some money if you can yeah
0: and while you're um, waiting for an inevitable apocalypse listen to some other Heads Up podcasts yeah like Alison Spittles or Shauna Scott's new one. Yeah, that's unreal. Our Sexual History. It was mm. really good. Uh, the second episode should be out by the time you hear this, I think. Yeah. So that'd be cool. And Reviewable it's actually very good as well. Yes. Also new. That's six, seven episodes in. Very enjoyable.
2: Everyone's doing
0: great. Everyone is trying to do a thing and they're doing very well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Good good, good work.
0: That's all you can hope for. Yeah. In this horrible, horrible world. <laughs> um, okay, that's it. Bye, everybody. Bye.